This episode is sponsored by Duchess by Design by Maya Rodale. The Duke of Kingston seeks a wealthy American bride who can save his family's estate, but his search for an heiress goes deliciously awry when an enchanting seamstress tumbles into his arms instead. Miss Adeline Black aspires to be a fashionable dressmaker, not a duchess, and not even an impossibly seductive duke will distract her. But Kingston makes an offer she can't refuse. Join him at society events to display her gowns and advise him on which heiresses are duchess material. It's the perfect plan, as long as they resist temptation, avoid a scandal, and above all, do not lose their hearts. This is the first book in a new Gilded Age romance series featuring women making their own way in the world and the men strong enough to keep up with them. Adeline is a woman who knows what she wants and isn't going to let anyone dissuade her from her dream. It's up to the Duke to realize what an amazing catch fell into his arms. Fashionistas will love Adeline's progressive fashion views. Pockets are a must amongst the fashionable elite of Adeline's world. Thanks again to Duchess by Design by Maya Rodale for sponsoring Recommended. This is Recommended, where we talk to interesting people about their favorite books. Today we're joined by Kim Stanley Robinson discussing Solar Bones by Mike McCormick and Sonia Faruqi on Silent Spring by Rachel Carson. Kim Stanley Robinson is a winner of the Hugo, Nebula, and Locus Awards. He is the author of 19 previous books, including the best-selling Mars Trilogy and the critically acclaimed 40 Signs of Rain, 50 Degrees Below, 60 Days and Counting, The Years of Rice and Salt, and Antarctica. In 2008, he was named a Hero of the Environment by Time Magazine, and he recently joined in the Sequoia Park Foundation's Artists in the Backcountry program. His latest book, Red Moon, is a novel of space exploration and political revolution set 30 years into our own future. My name is Kim Stanley Robinson, and Solar Bones by Mike McCormick is my recommended. Solar Bones is the story of an Irish civil engineer in Northwest Ireland, and he doesn't know it, but it's the last day of his life. So it is, in effect, a kind of ghost story or the sentence, uh, my life flashed before my eyes, is the form of the novel. I had read Mike McCormick's previous novel called Notes from a Coma and had been very impressed by it. It's a kind of a science fiction story of a near-future Ireland where people serve prison sentences by being put into a enforced coma. I was intrigued enough that when I heard about Solar Bones, which was kind of an accident and one of the great repercussions of reading the London Review of Books, I read a review of it, I remembered notes from a coma, I ordered a copy of Solar Bones and read it there and found it to be even more exciting, I think his best book and a, a really wonderful novel. I like reading British science fiction because it's same but different. It's different enough that I learn a lot from it. It's really the best science fiction being written today as far as I can tell, but again, this is a guess on my part. And then the Irish I'm interested in because I visited there in 2015 and I gave myself a kind of a personal education in contemporary Irish literature with the help of some Irish and American friends who pointed out what was going on. And it's interesting, too, because I've already liked a genre that is a strange little thing, which you might describe as people who are dead, but they don't know that they're dead. So it's a kind of a ghost literature. And there's some really wonderful examples, um, Humpty Dumpty by Damon Knight or The Hereafter Gang by Neil Barrett Jr., Peace by Gene Wolfe, which is a beautiful thing, and The Third Policeman by 
the Irish writer um, Flann O'Brien, well, these were all examples of the what you might call the inadvertent ghost story, first-person accounts of a life by someone who is looking back even if they don't know it, and having more and more surrealistic experiences. And Solar Bones fits in that little genre, and in all five of the books I've mentioned are superb. Solar Bones is interesting in a number of different ways, and in some ways it's kind of a, a, a writer's, um, he's a writer's writer. It's a, a book that a working novelist might love, but it's not just writers, because it recently won the International Dublin Literary Award, which is a big international literary prize based out of Dublin, and it is seldom given to Irish books, but in this case they made an exception um, Solar Bones is about a, an ordinary guy who is in late middle age. He's got his kids, a son and a daughter, are uh, young adults, and they are a close family with the arguments and problems, but I would say a, a close and tight-knit and good family. And the, the wife is an interesting character, too. And the marriage has had its uh, ups and downs, but is an extremely solid marriage. One of the things I think important to McCormick was that although it is a, a ghost story and therefore kind of genre, it's an absolutely normal, typical, middle-class Western European life, and an Irish life in particular, out in the Galway area in the Northwest. Then at the same time, the novel is a single sentence. At first that seems, I don't know, bizarre or uh, a party trick, but what you realize as you're reading it is that in every way it's a success. It's in, rather enthralling, like a tightrope walk that's working. And you begin to forget the tightrope and realize this is part of the dance, is that it, it goes on this single line. of There's no periods. Yet uh, grammatically and rhetorically, syntactically, it's all very successful, but even more so emotionally. You begin to get into the flow of it, the kind of hurry or the charging that all of experience is just one flow, and there isn't really uh, individual sentences. There's just a continuous flow of life. It succeeds in every possible way, even though it l seems like it should be just a technical trick. But as a writer, I, I loved it, and, and as the pages flowed by, I got more and more enthralled at the the dance of the single sentence, but then it's also the content, the things that are happening in an ordinary life around the kitchen table or at work. The guy is an engineer for, who works for the county, and so his work is completely mundane. Uh, and the biggest scene is an argument over which kind of concrete makes a proper foundation and indeed a legal foundation. And so you couldn't ask for more mundane materials for a story, and I think that was on purpose on McCormick's part, that even our ordinary lives are charged with a kind of a magical surcharge. And so this is what novels are for. Novels are here to remind us that life has meaning and give us suggestions as to what the meaning is without there ever being any finality to it. I am really lucky in that I am a good reader, and I mean by that. When I'm reading fiction, I forget that I'm a writer. I fall into the dream. The hypnotic spell works like a charm, and I'm just in the book, and I'm in the story. 
And if I get cast out of it, that's a bad sign. It's a sign I'm not liking it. It's a sign that I maybe even will toss the book aside and, and, and pick up another one because there's an awful lot of good fiction out there and there's no reason to uh, push your way through something you're not enjoying. So I would say that I have the facility of turning off the critical function and just living whatever the writer wants me to live. I enjoy that thoroughly. I, I would hate to be always analyzing as a writer. I can, I can turn that function on afterwards if I want to know, well, how do I think they made that marvelous effect? But while I'm reading it first time through, I'm just in the dream. I do get impacted by the books that I uh, love. The novels that I love afterwards, I'm thinking, wow, how did they do it? And, and although I won't use that same method, is there anything I can transfer into my own methods? Is there anything I can learn from that? I'm always on the search for a great reading experience. And then if I get them, and boy, there's a lot of good stuff out there, then I do kind of contemplate, well, what made that good? And how could you uh, put it to use in your own work? I've recommended Solar Bones to all of my friends who read. Uh, I was quite enthusiastic. It, it struck me. And for me, it was the book of, of the year or the book of the last uh, three or four years in terms of novels. And I, I like a lot of novels, and this one isn't like, it isn't head and shoulders above, but it was particularly fine, and it's also quite short, 200 pages. So I did recommend it all over the place, and I was glad to see it won a big award. I mean, it's kind of a classic story. He couldn't find a publisher for this book. A small press in Ireland published it and sort of saved it from oblivion. And then now uh, the quality of the book itself, I'm sure the review in the LRB helped, and now a big uh, literary prize with a big cash award and fame. So for Mike McCormick, he's got to be pleased. It's his best work ever, and it took a long time to write, and it took a, a struggle to get published, and a, a small publisher had faith in him, and I'm sure they're really happy too. So you can't help but like that story and share it as, as widely as possible. I think anyone who likes novels should give this a try and the strangeness of the um, sentence structure which is to say the one sentence aspect of it will quickly fade and you'll get sucked into it and it's a short read I'd recommend it to anybody who loves novels Thanks again to Kim Stanley Robinson for joining us in recommending Solar Bones by Mike McCormick His most recent novel Red Moon published by Orbit is now available wherever books are sold you can learn more about him at kimstanleyrobinson.info. This episode is also sponsored by Ruth Bader Ginsburg by Jane Sharon DeHart. The first full-life, private, public, legal, philosophical of the 107th Supreme Court Justice, one of the most profound and profoundly transformative legal minds of our time. A book 15 years in the work, written with the cooperation of Ruth Bader Ginsburg herself and based on many interviews with the justice, her husband, her children, her friends, and her associates. We could all use some Ruth Bader Ginsburg right now. This is a fascinating biography of a brilliant and inspiring woman, a pioneering life and legal career whose profound mark on American jurisprudence, on American society, on our American character and spirit will reverberate deep into the 21st century and beyond. This is a perfect gift for any feminist, history buff, legal mind, or a reader looking for the courage to fight another day. Thanks again to Ruth Bader Ginsburg by Jane Sharon DeHart for sponsoring Recommended. Sonia Faruqi is the author of critically acclaimed Project Animal Farm, about the world's food system. A skilled storyteller and speaker, she lives in Toronto, Canada. Her debut novel, The Oyster Thief, 
is both a mermaid story and a call for conservation. Two worlds collide when a mermaid and human man meet, plunging readers into a vast underwater realm brimming with adventure and intrigue. My name is Sonia Faruqi, and Silent Spring by Rachel Carson is my recommended. The Silent Spring came out uh, almost exactly 56 years ago on 27th September 1962. Uh, It was about uh, DDT and the use of chemicals and their effect on the natural world. The book itself is scientific, but it's also really beautifully written, and it's influential because it really questioned um, sentiment at the time, and perhaps at this time as well, that a man can and should dominate nature. The book was arguing uh, about the often negative effect humans have on the natural world. What she did was take science and make it beautiful and mainstream to get the average person interested and invested in these topics, uh, which I know from the perspective of a writer is uh, difficult but very important from a skill perspective, being able to relate to and get others to relate to something that they may never have uh, even thought about before they came across the particular book. When I first read Silent Spring, it must have been about uh, five years ago. It wasn't a specific time in my life, um, but it was a book that I had been meaning to read, and I'd read snippets of it before. I, I decided to read the whole book. I overall love books that are serving two different purposes. One purpose being the topic itself, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. It could be black beauty, for instance. At that time, horses were not being well-treated. And black beauty showing life from a horse's perspective really helped improve the conditions. I would say these books are all powerful in that they were very bold. They were expressing points of view that were not conventional at those times even though in these times today they are a lot more accepted societally. Uh, so there are, there are a number of books by bold and uh, charismatic and highly skilled writers who have changed our way of thinking and perhaps so much that we don't even realize it was their works that did it and because some of these works came out um, before we were born. What speaks to me about this uh, specific book is that um, it did result in some substantial changes at that time. It uh, resulted in essentially the creation of the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, um, which is, of course, a major agency, and um, it does change based on the politics of the current administration, Um, but it led to recognizing the importance of the environment and uh, to just essentially making it important from the societal perspective as well as more of a legal perspective. It's still very relevant. There's still a lot you learn from it. In, In science books, I find that because science changes so rapidly, all books 
don't necessarily stand the test of time as well as some others. And I find that her book, as I was reading it, it does stand the test of time very well. Uh, chemicals are still a very important issue that we are contending with. On the topic of the ocean, which was very important to her given her marine biologist background, uh, chemical sunscreens, for instance, are really crucial today. Uh, a lot of people, when they go snorkeling at coral reefs, they use chemical sunscreens, and these are the primary sunscreens that are found in most pharmacies and stores, but they're very harmful to coral reefs. Even one drop in that huge amount of water is considered deadly to coral reefs. More broadly, what worries me also is if these chemicals are so bad for living, breathing systems that have existed for millions of years, and we're just slathering them on that abandon on our bodies, they can't really be good for us either. In the back of The Oyster Thief, my new book, in the notes section, I do mention that small things make huge differences, and when it comes to chemicals, that's certainly the case. I also like uh, Margaret Atwood. I'm more new to her work, but I find that uh, environmental fiction is an area that's uh, growing a bit these days in the form of a story with uh, an environmental subtext or premise that's um, perhaps getting us to rethink some of the things that are going on and to think of them in a different way, whether it's uh, climate change or um, another topic. My first book, uh, which came out in 2015, was Project Animal Farm. It's um, a work of investigative journalism in which I went to farms around the world looking at animal welfare, things like antibiotics, the effects of factory farms on the environment. And while I was researching and writing this book, it was very important to me that it be factually accurate and fair. The perspective I present should be fair to everybody from myself to the animals, to the workers, to the companies. Um, and it should also be a book that is well-written and that is beautiful. Uh, I love beauty on a personal level. I love the beauty of words and the sounds of language. Um, beauty is important to me as well as depth. Uh, to me, as a reader or writer, I want a book to have both things. And uh, Rachel Carson's work helped with that. Now, I moved on to fiction as well in uh, The Oyster Thief, which is a novel that features a world of people, And it's a novel that features also themes of ocean conservation as we're looking at life uh, through the perspective of this mermaid. Um, in this, all the science is accurate uh, from everything about the oceans, like the seaweeds, the seashells, the stones, and while the story itself and the premise, the people are, of course, fictional. Uh, it's a science fantasy. I would say that from writers like Rachel Carson, I've learned the importance and um, the necessity and the interest of science, and I also really just enjoy it. Uh, growing up, my favorite subject was biology. It was 
never English at all, really. Um, but I find that books are a way to reach people and to explore scientific and other topics in a way that's uh, creative and imaginative and um, enjoyable, perhaps more so than reading a journal paper or an academic uh, sort of uh, dissertation. Um, so I would say that uh, they've influenced me very strongly in the idea that it is possible to merge uh, science and art in a way that's effective and interesting and fun. Overall, uh, I've loved Rachel Carson's life story itself. Uh, she was such a champion for the environment, uh, pretty much launching the global environmental movement at a very different time than the time we have today. Where recycling in many places is uh, quite a common thing and even composting and other things are uh, commonly accepted. So I think she was um, arguing for something very important in a time that was different and um, particularly difficult, especially as a woman scientist uh, arguing for a different relationship with the natural world. I find myself inspired by that story and by her courage and uh, wisdom. I haven't fully delved into her earlier works yet, um, but this conversation is actually inspiring me to uh, read her Sea Trilogy, um, a series of three books she came out with before Silent Spring, and that focus on the sea from the shores to the depths. Um, so I would say she's an overarching influence on my life uh, for some time, and it's uh, probably going to continue until I've read uh, some more of her works. Thanks again to Sonia Faruqi for joining us in recommending Silent Spring by Rachel Carson. Her novel, The Oyster Thief, published by Pegasus Books, is available wherever books are sold. You can follow her on Twitter at Sonia underscore Faruqi. Next week on Recommended, one author remembers an older book that still feels timely. Sometimes I joke this is one of those books that made me a feminist, which is like obviously putting it way too simply, like it wasn't any one thing. But I grew up in this household where honestly, like the word feminist was most often employed as like a joke or an insult. And yet like right there in my mom's bookshelf, which was always stuffed with paperback mystery novels because my mother, you know, also loves the genre. There was this novel about, and it was all about like the lives and work and desires of women. Thanks again to our sponsors for making today's episode possible. If you like what you heard, please take a moment to review and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We love to hear your feedback and it helps other folks to find the show. You can find show notes at bookriot.com slash recommended and you can email us at recommended at bookriot.com. <laughs>